It's Colossians 2, 6 to 23. So then, just as you received Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live in him, rooted and built up in him, strengthened in the faith as you were taught and overflowing with thankfulness. See to it that no one takes you captive through hollow and deceptive philosophy, which depends on human tradition and the basic principles of this world rather than on Christ. For in Christ all the fullness of the deity lives in bodily form, and you have been given fullness in Christ, who is the head over every power and authority. In him you were also circumcised, in the putting off of the sinful nature not with a circumcision done by the hands of men, but with a circumcision done by Christ, having been buried with him in baptism and raised with him through your faith in the power of God who raised him from the dead. When you were dead in your sins and in the uncircumcision of your sinful nature, God made you alive with Christ. He forgave us all our sins, having cancelled the written code with its regulations that was against us and that stood opposed to us. He took it away, nailing it to the cross. And having disarmed the powers and authorities, he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them by the cross. Therefore do not let anyone judge you by what you eat or drink, or with regard to a religious festival, a new moon celebration, or a Sabbath day. These are a shadow of the things that were to come. The reality, however, is found in Christ. Do not let anyone who delights in false humility and the worship of angels disqualify you from the prize. Such a person goes into great detail about what he has seen, and his unspiritual mind puffs him up with idle notions. He has lost connection with the head, from whom the whole body, supported and held together by its ligaments and sinews, grows as God causes it to grow. Since you died with Christ to the basic principles of this world, why, as though you still belonged to it, do you submit to its rules? Do not handle, do not taste, do not touch. These are all destined to perish with use because they are based on human commands and teachings. Such regulations indeed have an appearance of wisdom with their self-imposed worship their false humility, and their harsh treatment of the body. But they lack any value in restraining sensual indulgence. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks, Thanks, Kerry. Now let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for the time that we've uh, had in this book of Colossians uh, to this point. Uh, And as we come to today's passage, uh, there are some things here that we're less familiar with. Uh, So we ask for your wisdom and your guidance as we look at them now. Uh, Please use this time to strengthen us in our faith and to give us confidence in you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Some years ago, I went on a fishing charter with some friends. Uh, I'm not a fisherman at all, but uh, I was pretty keen to kind of tick it off the bucket list. And I had some pretty high expectations, uh, not least because it wasn't cheap. It was a a day trip, and 
we kind of got out on the boat and we started going from, from one spot to the next uh, and throwing out our fishing lines. And unfortunately, we, we couldn't catch anything. At the end of the day, we came back empty-handed. And we couldn't help but feel that we didn't get the full experience that we were after. Uh, as humans, something in us makes us crave that full experience. If we go to a new place, we like to be able to say we, we fully experienced it. We, we did all the main things there. Uh, we like the achievement of finishing a, a full series of books or an entire series, uh, TV series. There's a, a satisfaction that comes with saying that you've completed a full marathon, uh, or so I'm told. Uh, if, if people go to an all-you-can-eat buffet, most of us want to leave full. Uh, when you pay for something expensive, expensive, you want it to last so that you get your full money's worth. Uh, you'll have heard last week the great Australian cricketer Shane Warne passed away, and I've lost count of the number of times people have said that he lived life to the full. There's something about the idea of fullness that we're all attracted to in one way or another. But it's actually an interest in fullness that Paul is particularly concerned by in this passage we're looking at this morning. More specifically, the full Christian experience. Uh, in this letter to the Colossians, he uses the word full or fullness nine times. Fullness is, is on Paul's mind. And in these verses, we see why he uses this language of fullness. It seems that there are some people among the Colossians who have been teaching about a fullness in the Christian life that you can achieve by doing the right things. If you live your life in, in this way, follow these particular practices, then you will find the fullness that all humans crave. In the face of this teaching that's emerged, Paul reminds the Colossians that fullness is found in Christ alone. Uh, you'll have noticed the first two verses were, were from last week, and you'll remember that those verses were an encouragement to keep going, continue on in Christ. Those verses really set the scene for the, the rest of the verses we are looking at today. So where are we heading? Uh, the passage contains three warnings against trying to find fullness outside of Christ. Uh, and after the first warning, there's this section in verses 9 to 15 where Paul reminds the Colossians that in Christ they have the one who is fully God and he unpacks what that means. And this is a passage that's here to give us confidence because there will be times in life where people try and convince us that we're missing out on the full Christian experience, that we need to do something new uh, to get the full Christian experience, or we need to avoid certain things or believe certain things that go beyond God's word. Now these words which, which God has given us put us at ease. They, they give us confidence that if we take the time to think on what Christ has achieved, we'll see that what he offers us can't be added to or improved upon. There is a fullness in Christ. Uh, so we begin with the first war, uh, warning there in verse 8. See to it that no one takes you captive through hollow and deceptive philosophy, which depends on human tradition and the basic principles of this world rather than on Christ. Uh, the la language of being taken captive is, is like being taken away or, or carried off. Captivity is, is being shut off, having your freedom removed. Now for the Colossians, there's an alternative to Christ on offer a way of thinking that is worldly and attractive. 
but it's also hollow and deceptive. It's hard to think of what a a practical example may be in our day and age. Uh, It's hard to think of what what exactly was going on specifically here in Colossae. Uh, A modern example might be uh, the likes of a guy like Jordan Peterson, who, who took the world by storm over the last three or four years. Uh, in 2018, he released a book, 12 Rules for Life, and it sold millions of copies on its way to becoming a bestseller. Now, Peterson is a psychologist, but he also touches on philosophy and religion, ethics, uh, mythology, and, and so on and so on. And uh, from the very little I've seen, he's an incredibly insightful guy. Uh, But why I mention him is because he is someone who has captivated a lot of people. Uh, There was a stage where everyone was raving about him. Now, Peterson is someone who who mentions Jesus and he quotes the Bible. And some of his 12 rules definitely engage with the Bible. But he merges them with with kind of worldly ideas and and principles as well. He takes uh, bits of what Jesus teaches for, for his own teaching. And I've certainly found myself uh, intrigued by, by some of what he has to say. There's nothing wrong in listening to a guy like him or uh, listening to any worldly wisdom uh, for that matter. But we do need to be careful if we think uh, someone or a new way of thinking that is outside of Christ will give us some sense of fullness in this world. You can listen to or watch people who have endless ideas about the world we live in and, and our purpose in it. Uh, we can listen to political commentators, social commentators, uh, and it's interesting that, that these are the people who, who we listen to the most, people who shed new light in a way we haven't heard things before, people who find a way to scratch our itching ears. Uh, Paul says, don't be taken captive by worldly philosophy. Engage with it if you're that way inclined, but see it for what it is. So that's the first warning. Uh, He's set the scene, and I I love what Paul does next. In the face of this teaching that's out there, he takes the Colossians back to the cross, the place where their faith began. Uh, This is verses 9 to 15. And notice that word fullness again. In Christ, the fullness of the deity lives in bodily form. So God in his fullness now dwells in Christ. When you receive Christ, you're receiving the one in whom the maker and sustainer of our world was pleased to dwell. Uh, You aren't lacking anything. And Paul shows this through the physical signs of circumcision and baptism. Circumcision was a marker of God's people in the Old Testament, but it could never put off or remove the sinful nature uh, within his people. So now Christ is the the one who takes away this sinful nature. Uh, The circumcision that's done by Christ is speaking about the cross, which we'll come to in a moment. Uh, And that's why he also points to baptism in verse 12. See, baptism highlights that we share in Christ's death and his resurrection as well. Every Christian is united to Christ through faith. And baptism symbolizes the dying to the old self and the rising to new life. That's our spiritual state. Uh, We were once dead in our sin, unable to remove this sinful nature, but through Christ, the sinful nature is buried, and we've now been made alive. Uh, To truly live is to be united to the source of life. And notice in, in verse 13, Paul shifts from 
using, uh, using the word you to using us. Remember, Paul's writing to uh, Paul is a Jew who's who's writing to Gentiles, people who aren't Jewish, about circumcision, which was very much a Jewish practice. And he says, God forgave us all our sins. Uh, at a point where he could have emphasised their differences, he could have reminded them that they were the minority. Instead, Paul uses the opportunity to remind them of their common ground in Christ. And it's a great thing uh, to know in, in 2022, at a time where it feels like we can be walking on eggshells when we have conversations about vaccines or, or protests or who we support politically or, or what's happening in the world around us, uh, all highly complex issues that, that impact us in, in big ways, these words are timely. He forgave us all our sins. He forgave us all our sins. This is what we have in common in Christ. May that truth always be close to our hearts. This is what we all are in him. We are those who are forgiven. And we see how in verse 14. God cancelled the, the written code with its regulations that was against us and, stu- and that stood opposed to us. He took it away, nailing it to the cross. Now, the written code is, is the debt we owe God for our sin, which is uh, something that the Bible makes clear. The, the book of Romans tells us that the wages of sin is death. My sin against God and against others means I owe God my life. Uh, there was a story last year of a lady who had, who had kind of parked her car in a public car park and she went away and when she came back she found that the, the side of the car had been really badly dented and, and scratched. And she found a note on the windscreen. Uh, this is what the note said. Sorry for the damage on your car. Can't afford to fix it, but here's chocolate instead. And there were two bars of Hershey's chocolate uh, on the windscreen. And they say that, that chocolate can fix anything. Now, uh, that note that, she, that, that was left, that's, the kind of, that's kind of how we stand before God. We have a, a much greater debt, but we can't afford to pay it. Try as we might, we can't repay him. But even more outrageous than that note is what God does with our debt. He cancels it and he nails it to the cross of Jesus. Every evil thought we've ever had, every unloving word that's ever come from our lips, every action of ours that disrespects God and disrespects others, which means many, many things in your life and in my life, nailed to the cross. Paul was someone who experienced God's forgiveness and he doesn't shy away from admitting that. He knows just how much God had to forgive him. Uh, and I love the way he, he brings, that out, uh, brings that up in his ministry from time to time uh, as a reminder that he needs the forgiveness found in Christ as much as the people he's ministering to. Uh, a great trait for people in any form of ministry or, or for anyone Recognize your need for forgiveness. All of my sin has been forgiven, nailed to the cross. Uh, and it's true for, for every Christian. Now in verse 15, uh, powers and authorities uh, comes up again. It was, it was there in verse 10 as well. And I think it's because these people among the Colossians have some sort of power or authority over them. As Jesus was 
uh, if you think back to, to the cross, as, as Jesus was dragged through the streets and, and stripped and beaten, uh, as the Roman authorities tried to show how powerless Jesus was, God shows them how powerless they are. As they try and make a public spectacle out of Jesus, God makes a public spectacle out of them by stripping their power and authority. They might have physically killed Jesus, uh, but they certainly couldn't keep him down. At the cross, Jesus showed why he is the one to be revered, why his word holds more weight than any worldly philosophy ever could, why he's greater than any power or authority. And so Paul takes Colossians back to the cross. Now, in light of this, Paul has two more warnings for the Colossians. Watch out for legalism and watch out for, self, for those who are self, self-proclaimed spirituals among you. Firstly, watch out for legalism. And what I mean by legalism is, is any instance where people claim that you have to do something above and beyond what the Bible claims in order to be a Christian, insisting upon something that the Bible never does. It leaves no room for God's grace. Uh, verse 16, do not, let anyone who judge, uh, do not let anyone judge you according to what you eat or drink, or with regard to a religious festival, a new moon celebration, or a Sabbath day. Now, a lot of those things uh, seem to have a Jewish flavour to them. Uh, In this case, the warning is about those who are claiming that the Colossians have to observe these certain things in order to fully experience the the Christian life. They appeal to the Colossians' human nature because, as I said earlier, no no one wants to miss out on the full experience. Christians uh, Christians often swing between uh, opposite ends of of the pendulum. Uh, We can either be really legalistic over here and and add our own rules to the word of God, uh, like the Pharisees often did in Jesus' time. Or over here, we can ignore God's word to us altogether uh, and live as though we haven't been given new life in Christ. Uh, A little bit like the the story of the prodigal son who, who sinned and squandered everything. Now, Paul's particular concern here is legalism. Uh, Next week, he'll address those who aren't living out this new life in Christ. And the Colossians seem to be under the influence of those prone to legalism. The problem with legalism is there in verse 17. These things are a shadow of the things to come. The reality, however, is found in Christ. See, the thing about a shadow is it doesn't always give you an accurate uh, picture In the right light, a shadow can make something look much bigger or much smaller than it really is. Looking at a shadow on its own won't show you the reality. You need to look at the source. Now, legalism uh, takes things which may help us in the faith, but it turns them into the main thing. It ignores the source. The the things that Paul seems to mention seem to be uh, things that the Jews observed, but things that were not necessary in Christ. They might be of some value uh, if they point to Christ, but not if they replace him. Uh, Perhaps a a current example could be something like Lent. The 40 days in the lead up to Easter where where people often deny themselves something to to give themselves to prayer and to prepare themselves for the hope of the resurrection. Now no one has to observe Lent. Uh, People I've spoken to it since Stevens have shared how they've been encouraged by observing Lent, and, and it is really encouraging uh, hearing those stories. But it's one thing to, to observe it, 
it would be something else to demand that others do it, when the Bible never does. It seems the people among the Colossians were insisting that they they had to observe these certain festivals and eat or, or not eat certain things as well. Do these things and you'll get the full full Christian experience. Or you're not really a Christian if you don't do these things. Legalism can cripple a person's faith. It can make them think their performance is what matters most. Uh, It can make them think that Christ isn't enough. Don't look at the shadows, which can sometimes be helpful, uh, as long as they don't become the main thing. Now, it can also include uh, things that one person finds helpful in the Christian life, uh, but perhaps another person doesn't. Uh, What to watch or what not to watch, whether you drink alcohol or not. Uh, We have freedom in Christ, and and these things may help us in our walk with him, but they aren't the reality. Paul says, focus on the reality, Christ himself. Now, the final warning is there from verse 18. Watch out for those who claim to be super spiritual. Uh, look at some of the, the markers of such people. In, in this case, they delight in false humility. They worship angels. Uh, they ramble about what they've seen. They speak of their humility, but really, they're trying to show others that they're on a higher level. They're saying, I've had this vision. God has shown me this. But what they come up with has nothing to do with Christ. And Paul's assessment of this situation is there in verse 19. This is a person who has lost connection with God, the head. God is the one who causes the body of believers to grow, but this person is disconnected. And we see, so we see more of what's involved if we uh, skip ahead to verse 23. Uh, self-imposed worship, false humility again, harsh treatment of the body. And the reason for the warning is so they won't be disqualified from the prize. Uh, Last year, the Paralympics was on, and a Malaysian shot putter uh, appeared to have won the gold medal. He had thrown the the biggest throw, but he was later disqualified because he had shown up to to the event three minutes late. He went from the the highest of heights to the lowest of lows, to to being disqualified. uh, And and to be disqualified is to, to get nothing to miss out on the prize. For the Colossians, uh, that prize is the inheritance in heaven, uh, which we saw in chapter 1. And it's the same prize for us. Don't be disqualified by those who are disconnected from God. So those are the warnings. And the reminder is, you've died with Christ to the basic principles of this world. So don't keep living as though you belong to it. Don't get disqualified by losing connection. All of these things will perish because of their human origins. The cross of Christ and what he achieved on it is is what will endure. And so remember what you have in Christ. And maybe you recognize areas in your life where you're being drawn into worldly thinking or to legalism. Uh, Or maybe you feel you've lost connection with God all at the expense of Christ and what he achieved. Well, the solution is to come back to the foot of the cross. Uh, For that is where sinners, uh, like you and I, find safe haven and where we find true fullness in this life. Uh, So let me pray.
Heavenly Father, we thank you uh, for Christ. Thank you for the fullness uh, that we have in him. Father, please help us if we're um, drifting from him, uh, if we're drifting towards uh, legalism, uh, towards adding things uh, to your word. Father, please help us uh, to find our safe haven at the cross. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.